Welcome to a football show here on the 440 Sports Network, brought to you today by Lions Ford, the pharmacy, and of course the Kingston Group. He's Zach Lyons. I'm Stoney Keeley of Sobros Network, uh, coming to you live from Mobile, Alabama, at the Mardi Gras Manor. Zach, the how historic are you feeling? Mardi Gras Manor. How are you feeling today, man? It's Senior Bowl week. It is Senior Bowl week, and I'm super excited because this is obviously my personal first time being down here. You were down here last year. Last year. It was an experience. Yeah, yes. my, mm-hmm. my personal first time, officially credentialed right here. Uh, I mean, like, I am legit now. Big J Journo right here. The Big J's have made it to Mobile, Alabama, and I'm I'm telling you, we didn't come to take part. We came to take over. I like it. I like Sorry, it. I, the the folks, little WWE uh, yeah, promo right there. I, I got carried away. The folks at the Reese's Senior Bowl are, are perfectly fine. I don't want to. I don't want that to be perceived as a threat. Of course, <laughs> you never know. They could be tagged and be logged in here, keeping an eye. Who are these guys yeah. that we've given credentials to? Yeah. Uh, and are gonna, we going to have to revoke them? You want to mention uh, Marty Claus? Yeah. Well, we have a cat right outside. Um, Obviously, the Mardi Gras Manor. So I named him Marty Claus because I am a genius when yes. it comes to puns. Just like that. I'm so uh, a- amazed by how quickly that came off your tongue. Yeah. It has a Hitler goatee. So we're a little worried that he's anti Semitic, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's all right. You know, as long as he, you know, d- doesn't have any sponsorships himself, he won't right. lose those uh, sponsorships. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Zach, I do want to take a moment before we get going here to thank you for having me on the show, to thank the big boss man, Braden Gall, for having me on. I would like to say that I know you guys pride yourself on nutritional content only, no empty calories around 440 Sports. And and to your audience, I would say, if you ever want to just consume the five-pound cheeseburger and fries at three o'clock in the morning after a night drinking, uh, come to Sobros Network. There you go. Might be your I, thing I there. like it. Yeah. I like that it's a uh, you know we're kind of like a brunch. Yes, you guys are the uh, the the White Castle. Yes, I like that. Yeah, that's couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. All right. So what are we what are we getting into today? A um, a brief kind of introduction to what you can expect from us this week, and and kind of outlining uh, the Senior Bowl. What matters? What doesn't? You want to just dig in there? Or actually, before we dig in there. Get, before we dig in there, we got to dig into these sponsors. We got to dig and into these We even practiced this before we went on air we and did. how you're going to transition well, into it. Listen, I'm just so stoked to talk about the Senior Bowl that I just darn near forgot. Well, how did you think we got down here, Stoney? Well, I'll tell you why, because you're already there, but I'll tell the audience why. A Lions Ford vehicle. And you may be thinking, yes. hey, is this nepotism? You damn straight it is. But our travel and accommodations have been sponsored by the good people, the good family. I've heard they're a really great family at Lions Ford down in Lewisburg, Tennessee. Um, hometown dealership. They don't bullshit you. I can now say this because I, you know, I do say this to some customers, you know, yeah. hey, we, we're not bullshitting you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of customers down in the south, you got to be careful about, you know, all that. Customer. You never know. You never know. But the, listen. They're not going to bullshit you. They're not going to, you know, drag you around all around the lot. They want you to walk away in the car that you love, that you came in for, and they're going to give you all the rebates. They look for all the rebates they can give you, and they also give you the most bang for your buck on your trade-in. I will tell you, this was a very comfortable trip down to Mobile. I felt a little bit like Lady Gaga in A Star is Born, just yeah. being driven around in the uh, lap of luxury. So well, I you do. did sit in the back the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I was up front by myself, and then you were just sitting in the uh, second row of the, the, the edge. Yeah, with big, giant, dark sunglasses yes. on the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. And you had that big white, you know, like a 
wide rimmed cowboy hat like the, that the uh, bachelorettes wear down the in Kentucky, Nashville, the Kentucky Derby hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of thing. That was me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you you kept making me play that song that they sing. I don't know what that song, but you just kept going again. Shallows, shallows, shallows. Yeah. Again, shallows. All a hundred percent true. Yes. Would, would never make something like that up. No, never. And and let me tell you something. So we're here at the Mardi Gras Manor because Lions Ford obviously paid paid for us to be down here. They you know get right. us to travel. Yeah. And I'm looking around. It's a historic. It's a historic building. Okay. It's mm-hmm. a historic mm-hmm. uh, three bedroom, nice kitchen. But it needs some updates. And you know who would be really great at updates, Stoney? I, you know, I'm a regular listener of a football show, so I already know where you're going with this. Kingston Group. BuildKG.com. They could come in and turn this place around. Absolutely. And I will tell you this. While it's got some really nice beds and everything, there is nobody I would trust more to come into a historic home. And I hope I'm not really putting them out there with this. To come into a historic home. And really update it and remodel it into something that keeps basically the essence and the spirit of the house. Yes. But makes it a little bit more modern. BuildKG.com. They are your trusted home remodeling and building firm. Can't get better than BuildKG.com. You know, you know Zach, I'm telling you, um, I'm going to count on you to tell me because I don't know in case I don't hear it. My stomach's kind of growling as we're doing this uh, broadcast. I can't, I can't help but think about those wonderful juicy burgers down at the pharmacy yeah let me say something there's no pharmacy down in mobile and that means there's probably no good burger in mobile because the best burger is in nashville hell it's not just the best burger in nashville it's not just the best burger in tennessee it's at least the best burger in two different states especially the two states we visited today which is tennessee and alabama go to the pharmacy burger beer parlor Soda Rails, they got it. Best tater tots in the city. Mm. Best mustard in the city. Mm. They got bratwurst. Mm. They got chicken sandwiches. Mm. They got salmon burgers. But most importantly, they have the stroganoff burger, which is fantastic. It's creamy. It's delicious. It's juicy. And then on top of that, all you got to do to make that burger just one level better, add country ham. Always add country country ham ham and get you a side of beer gravy to dip your burger in. You know what? This is the big brain stuff. It's no wonder they gave you a a, a big J credential pass to come down here. I'll tell you, you know what my move is at the pharmacy? What? Uh, I do the stroganoff burger and then I get a curry worse to go. I like it. The curry worse is amazing. And their sauerkraut and made in house. So Mm -hmm. freaking good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, uh, that's going to do it for the sponsors. Man, we nailed I got, it. I'm going to say my blood's pumping a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, I'm hey, go. if your blood's pumping like ours is, you need to get online. You need to go to subscribe to Sobros Network's Patreon. And you need to subscribe to stackintheinbox.substack.com. Yes. And uh, support your local creators. But to get that blood pumping, you want to keep it pumping, right? Yeah. You don't want it. Absolutely. The moment, the moment that your blood is not pumping anymore, guess what? You're fucking dead. You're dead. So you need to go to stackingtheinbox.com or .substack.com. There you go. You got and it. And you need to go to sobrosnetwork.com. Yes. Sign up for all the information because guess what? We're going to have so much exclusive content just from the Senior Bowl. It's going to blow your fucking mind. I, I came down here last year and I ended up writing uh, 16 articles from this week alone. So there you go. At 16 freaking articles. Yeah. I will never be able to write 16 articles, but I'm going to write a lot of content. We're also going to have a lot of video content for you, too. Well, I didn't say they were any good. Oh, okay. I just said I wrote 16 articles. Well, listen, 
that matters, right? That you're just writing content. But you yeah. know what else matters? What's going to happen at the Super Bowl or Senior Bowl? Yeah, so absolutely. tell tell the people what some things that you think matters at the Senior Bowl. I I think the things that matter the most. It, it's twofold. I think the practices uh, first and foremost matter way more than the game actually does because you're seeing the one-on-one reps. You're watching the uh, the wide receivers work the cornerbacks. You're watching the offensive linemen against the defensive linemen. That's my favorite drill in particular, is watching the linemen go at it, because you do get a, a, an insight into how these guys stack up, because a lot of them are coming from you know, playing schedules that are inconsistent. And, and And these guys are all NFL talent that are here in, in Mobile, Alabama. So you get to see these guys get reps against the best of the best at the position, but you also see how a position group shakes down throughout the week. And I mean that in you're looking at eight cornerbacks on any given roster. How do things shake down among that group? Who really pulls ahead? Who stands out? Because the beautiful thing about this week is that you don't know everything that's going to happen. When you get down here to Mobile, Alabama, there's always a few, three or four players that really take the opportunity, seize the moment, and come out of nowhere to, to make a name for themselves this week. And you see that throughout the week at the practices. Also, this is real-time experience getting NFL coaching in a week that simulates NFL game action uh, compared to what these kids have uh, experience prior to this moment. So I think the week of is really the major takeaway from this. And it's really those one-on-one matchups and the, uh, the practices that you, you see the most and you get the most out of, I will say this year, I would mention the coaching up program that they're doing, where if you don't know, they are taking position coaches, elevating them to uh, head coaches. They're taking assistants and promoting them to position coaches. I know the Titans have a, a guy down here. That's- Clinton McMillan, who is the assistant defensive line coach, is actually going to be coaching the linebackers while he's down here. Yeah, so it's not just about the draft. You see how guys that figure to be the next wave of coaches in the NFL can measure up in this role where, hey, maybe a, a quarterback's coach might be asking to call, might be asked to call plays this week. And you get to evaluate how they do in those roles and how the players respond to their particular leadership style. So there's plenty to watch the week of. Yeah, I think I think when you you bring up a good point, when you're talking about things that matter, is how do players respond and how do how quick do players pick up an offensive system that they're not familiar with because yeah. this is going to be a pro style system that they're probably going to be learning and learning on the fly. So how quick do these guys and that are, you know, have been in like spread offenses can adjust. I mean, this would have been to me, we talked about it on the way down two players I thought could have benefited from the Super Bowl, but maybe they couldn't because they yeah. would have their stock hurt. We talked about Will Levis who maybe his flaws running a pro-style offense continue to show up at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. And we talked about Jalen Hyatt, who could benefit from showing, hey, press coverage, no problem. You jam me at the line, I'm still going to go by you because he's only seen one press coverage snap. So when you're talking about a guy like Andre uh, Yoshivas, did I get that right? Yosh- Yoshivas. Yoshiv- Yosh- I practiced that the whole trip down. <laughs> We've Yoshivas. tried. Okay. And we don't even know for sure yeah. that that's right. But yeah, we're- Andre Yoshivas, who is a wide receiver from Princeton, who's yeah. 6'4 and may run like a 
two second flat 40 or something crazy like that. Everyone is calling him this year's Christian Watson. Yeah. Whether, whether that holds true remains to be seen. But that, that's important for everybody to watch him, who he is kind of a slender frame, who's been playing at Princeton, who doesn't have experience, a major experience against uh, high-level talent, I guess you could yeah, say. exactly. And how does he handle not only the defense yeah but how does he handle when and to overcome this adversity right this may be the first time that he's had real uh issues on the field maybe either grasping a playbook grasping some route trees maybe if he's just getting stuffed at the line and just can't get over that hump yeah how does he respond and how is he coached up because you gotta look at the coaches too you how are these players coached up and that matters when you especially it doesn't really maybe matter for you as a Titans fan and but it does matter for the coach it's yeah. himself. And that's a great segue into something I was going to mention as an aspect of this week that maybe doesn't matter as much it's the actual game itself and I mean that twofold um but primarily speaking like one way that it does matter is that you see the fruits of their labor over the course of the week. You see how a guy came into Mobile, and then you see how he performs in the game on Saturday, and that's a good gauge of how far he's come in a short amount of time. He's a guy that I think you you watch for that. You see how does he look on Tuesday versus how does he look on Saturday. Now, the rest of it, I, I just think there's so many players that it's hard to get everybody rotated in throughout the game. You're talking about six quarterbacks that are going to be here. So limited number of drives each guy maybe gets two to three drives and maybe a quarter in three minutes or so and then you're rotating on to the next crop and there's so many players here that it, it makes it a little difficult to evaluate and I think that's why I told you there's this weird thing where like all the media leaves mobile on Friday and there's not a lot of people left at the game itself so that's why I say maybe the game itself doesn't matter. But to your point, I think it is a good measure of how far a guy has come and responded to that coaching the week of. Yeah, it'll be interesting, right? Because we we talked about on our way down that these the quarterback group of the Senior Bowl leaves you a lot to be desired. Yeah, so absolutely. Something that probably doesn't matter is, is going to be the one-on-one drills as far yeah. as the result. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. what matters for the one on one cornerback wide receiver drills is how someone gets free and gets yep. separation. Mm -hmm. But if the pass sucks, which it may likely be a yeah. shitty pass, mm -hmm. then you're going to not have a lot to go on. So I think it's going to be important. Maybe there's going to be a lot of uh, someone like R Rashi Rice who is able to showcase his ability to adjust to a ball. Yeah, absolutely. And and so maybe that is important. It's just it's going to be a very interesting week because this is probably the weakest senior bowl class for quarterbacks that I can remember. And it will be interesting to see how that group progresses throughout the week even though the Titans are probably not looking at any of these quarterbacks. Yeah. And and I say that to segue into what doesn't matter. Every player, oh, my bad. No, 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 that's good. Every player meets every team. Yeah, there is, there is, when someone yeah. reports that uh, Tanner McKee, wait a minute, Tanner <laughs> McKee's not here, Jack, J Jake Hayner, yeah, uh, it met with the Titans. Well, guess what? Every quarterback met with the Titans, every running yeah. back met mm -hmm. with the Titans. It, it does not matter. Jim Nagy put out today, he said, please do not flood the timelines with this now. 
what does matter is what, Stoney, that we talked about this, when it comes to coaches and talking to players. Well, um, I don't remember. You're going to have to check. Okay, that's all right. Sorry. I thought I thought you remembered. What position groups that people are focused on? Where are they spending the the bulk of their time? Yeah, absolutely. During the practice. Yeah, because it it is a bit of a tell, um, and it also varies on how many people from the franchise are there. If, you know, there's like two guys here from the Titans and they're watching the cornerbacks the whole time, it's a pretty good indication that they're interested in getting their information on this cornerback group. Makes it a little harder to tell if there's like five people from the Titans here and they all split out, yeah, uh, split up across the position groups. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting because this, the Titans do have defensive needs, even though the people are very solely and rightfully so focused on the offense, but they're, is a distinct need for bigger, taller, faster, physical cornerbacks. Yes. That have mm-hmm. strong groins that don't get injured every time AJ Brown may fart on them, yeah. like Christian Fulton. <laughs> but, you know, they they have a need for linebacker because right now it's it's Monty Rice. David Long is a free agent. It's Monty Rice and Ch- Chance Campbell and Dr. Jack Gibby. And you're not feeling really great about all that. And I look at it and I think of a guy like D Winters and stuff like that. Yeah, There's sure. going to be some rangy linebackers in this class that they can make up some ground with some of these guys. Yeah. And edge rusher, but Dupree's probably definitely going to get cut, especially after the numbers came out today with the salary cap. But we'll get into that. I'll get into that later. But yeah, but Dupree is going to be gone. You can't rely on Rashad Weaver to be the starting edge across the way from Harold Landry. This is going to be a new, uh, some defense that needs some tweaks and, I think you're going to probably see a lot of clips from maybe some of the local media or some pitchers. I think Mike Vrabel is probably going to spend a lot of time around the defense and it's going to scare the bejesus out of some fans. I, I would think so. I mean, that is his forte and something, you know, I don't mean to dance around, but we still don't even know who the offensive coordinator for the Titans is going to be. So I would imagine his energy is best served watching the defense and gathering knowledge and information that side of the ball. And Carthon could probably handle the offensive side of the ball, right? I mean, you're talking about a former running back coming from San Francisco. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And and to your point, man, I, I think that there is a situation developing at inside linebacker that people are kind of sleeping on because to your point, I mean, they got to cut Zach Cunningham, right? Right. And then you're, you're left with, do you pay David Long Jr.? I mean, there's a lot of, we're talking about it before we started recording. String cheese hamstrings. There's, there's a lot of needs um, entering free agency for this team. So are you going to be able to get a deal done with him? Do you want to get a deal done with him? Do you want to make him one of the 10 highest paid linebackers in the league or whatever behind him? Monty Rice figures to be the guy. He played the most snaps um, behind those two. And then you have Dr. Gibby. This is a situation where even if they end up signing long and they feel comfortable with Rice, you have emptied the stables at this position. So I think they're going to be looking at linebackers. I'm not really too high on this class that's here in Mobile yeah, this week. I'm with you. But I think you can find a talented linebacker in the draft, and I think they will get somebody in to uh, maybe serve as competition for Monty Rice. Well, let's talk about, and apparently I've lost it, the uh, the actual, okay. um, the actual right. graphic, but I'm getting the graphic right here. But let's talk <laughs> about players that we're excited about watching this week. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't know if... I'll just dive right in. I'm going to be watching a lot of the receivers this week, and I'm going to be watching the offensive line because 
I think the offensive line has to be priority number one for this offense when you're talking about rebuilding from a personnel standpoint. And I just love the big meaty men slapping meat, folks. I am here for it. There's a lot of really good promising tackle prospects that are going to be down here in Mobile. I'm really stoked to see uh, Blake Freeland, the kid from BYU. He's kind of top heavy, and it kind of makes me wonder about his ability to fight off and negate speed. I think NFL edge rushers might be able to throw him off balance and get around him. I want to see, like what we were talking about earlier, how does he respond going against NFL talent? And um, there's Jarrett Patterson, the the guard from Notre Dame, has experience playing center. He's kind of a heady, savvy technician at the position. The question for him is, can that technique and polish that he's known for, can it hold up when you're going up against elite athletes like he will be this weekend? Just a couple of guys on my radar for the week. How about yeah, yours? Yeah, I think on the offensive line, when you're, when you're t- talking about that position, there's a lot to look at. And sure. I, th- I think one of the more po- polarizing prospects that's down here at the Senior Bowl that seems to have a wide variety of opinions about him is Osiris Torrance yeah. from mm-hmm. Florida. Yeah, and he's a guard, big ass guard, and he's a just a fantastic mean ass run blocking son of a bitch. He he is known to put your ass in the dirt if you get in his way trying to trying to stop the run. But the problem is he's a terrible pass blocker. Yeah, that's not good in today's NFL. And I know Breaking that a few news. people have him going in the first round yeah, uh, in mock drafts and going fairly high. And I, I don't know if it's because where. If it's a lack of guards or if it's a lack of, and they think he's the best player available, I'm not sure because I think Peter Skaronsky is obviously the best guard and he is going to be more than likely a guard at the next level. I would think so. Um, but if you're, if you're, do you really, outside of Quentin Nelson, you really don't draft guards in the first round? Not often, unless they're Chance Warmack or Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, well, you know? those turned out really so, well. Good you, track record. Good there. track record there. Yeah. Uh, but so I look at a guy like Osiris Torrance, who is a terrible pass blocker, who's going to have some chances to prove that he's not as slow on on that as what yeah. people mm-hmm. depict. He's a guy that's got real mobile upwards mobility for the senior bowl, because I know that people say, oh, he's a first round guard. He's like to consider the best guard in the pro-. I don't think that's what NFL teams seeing. Yeah. And I think that you would be you need to slow your roll and you think that he's going to go in the first round, in my opinion, unless he just goes bonkers this week and he then puts up some athletic testing number. So he's one guy I'm keeping an eye on uh, specifically because Titans need a left guard, right? Yeah, absolutely. They need a right guard. Who knows? Uh, Another guy that I really like is Jalen Duncan. Yes. And he's a left tackle for Maryland. He is an explosive athlete, short area quickness and get up to the second level. I love what he puts on tape athletically. Here's the thing. And this is a good weekend to showcase that this is not an issue, but his issue is functional play strength at the point of attack. So in these one-on-one drills, can he put his guy in the ground? Can he not, be backed into the quarterback and team drills and be pushed into because who was it last year? Uh, was it Trevor Penning who threw his guy into Desmond Ritter's legs? If I'm not mistaken, I think Desmond Ritter was I, quarterback. I, you'd have to remind me because Trevor Penning was getting beat uh, every other play. Yeah. I watched him. So you, you can't have a guy pushing you back into the quarterback on every yeah. play like Trevor Penning was. Mm-hmm. And so can he prevent 
defenders from getting pushing him around. Yeah. And if you can, then you're talking about a guy who is a fringe first round pick. And if he puts up a good senior bowl week, the athletic testing numbers are there and he has a good game and he's showing functional play strength at an NFL level, then you're going to see that guy jump up the board. And I got one more offensive lineman I'm going to watch. Let's hear it. John Michael Schmitz, not John well, Michael Jingleheimer Schmitz. Go ahead. I know where you're going because I read Stacking the Inbox this morning as a paid subscriber. No, there you go. Continue. So Sorry. if you paid to watch, to read Stacking the Inbox, you would already have John Michael Schmitz Jingleheimer already on your, your radar. And John Michael Schmitz is, to me... He looks like Quentin Nelson. He's just a round, yes. massive man. But he has really good athleticism for a guy his size. He's a former wrestler, so he's all about technique. He, all, he knows all about how using his mass to gain leverage. High football IQ, scheme-proof center. If you draft this guy, who is likely going to be drafted into probably late second, early third. Mm -hmm. If you draft this guy, you're probably getting a 10-year starter at center, and specifically the Titans probably are going to need a center at least maybe sooner rather than later, depending on what they do in free agency, what Ben Jones decides to do with his career. So you have, as a Titans fan, you have to be looking at center guard and left tackle. I mean, you have to be looking at those players this year, and that's a lot to replace because you don't know what free agency is going to hold for this team. Yeah, Zach, and I got a couple of stats for you. If you want to put into perspective just how big this week is, how big this game is for offensive line, I wrote about this on SobrosNetwork.com too. The Pro Football Writers of America released their all-rookie team last week. Three of the five spots along the offensive line played in this game a season ago. You're talking about Braxton Jones, Dylan Parham, and um, who's uh, Zion Johnson of the Chargers. Three rookies named to the all-rookie team from the uh, PFWA that played in the Senior Bowl. Eight guys that played in this game a year ago ended up with 900-plus snaps on offense, and that's not even including the guys like uh, Luke Fortner who came on late for the Jags. Um, guys that um, were selected high, there's, there's a, a handful, like almost a dozen guys from this game a year ago got snaps in the NFL, meaningful snaps on offense this season. So this is this and is big none, for none more than Roger McCreary. Well, touche. Yeah. Who was also at the senior bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you did there. Uh so this is a big week for evaluating offensive linemen. I didn't even mention Cole Strange who made yeah. his hay at the senior bowl last week. This is something that I know offensive line play isn't typically sexy for fans to watch, but if you get the chance to watch and keep an eye on these offensive linemen, these are dudes that are going to be playing this year. Yeah. And and you have to, as a Titans fan, and mm -hmm. we did get, we did get a question from AE, which I, I think her name is Amy, if I'm not mistaken in the chat, asking if any coaches are going to be here. The only confirmed Titans coach that we know is Mike Vrabel. Mm -hmm. And we know that Rand Carthon is going to be here now. There should be other coaches there, and obviously Clint McMill Clinton McMillan, who is who's coaching himself. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, and we'll get to it later when we talk about. But as far as we know, Mike Vrabel is for sure down here. There will be other coaches. We're just gonna have to speculate on who it is until we see him tomorrow. Do you know what you're gonna ask Mike Vrabel if you get the opportunity to ask him a question? I think I am going to ask him a a question that basically says, you know, hey, you're down here at the Senior Bowl practices run really late and they start pretty early and you, then you got to make your media rounds. You got your player interviews. Mm -hmm. Where mm -hmm. do you fit in and how do you schedule offensive coordinator interviews and see if I can't get him talking and opening up 
Big about brain. the offensive coordinator position. Some I know, I know the local there. media seems to be very scared to ask yeah. him questions, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not. Yeah. All right. I'm Big J now. Big, Big J, <laughs> Big J journalism. Um, Do you want to get into the wide receivers? Yeah, let's move to the wide receivers okay. because I think the American team is loaded mm-hmm. at wide receiver, and that's yeah. important to remember the American team. And then we'll get to that later. I'm going to need you just to keep reminding yeah. me. I, that's how much trouble I'm having yeah. keeping up with. But you got Xavier Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. You have Rashi Rice. I mean, those are the top two known names I think at those that position are in two, the American on the American team. I think those are two guys that have wide receiver one potential in the NFL. Yeah, especially I think Xavier Hutchinson has some good. He he's he's he kind of. I don't want to buy an Xavier Hutchison, and, and and here's the thing, because I'm kind of helmet scouting. Because Hakeem okay. Butler burned me in the past, and he was an Ohio, <laughs> Iowa yeah. State wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jonathan Mingo, you got Nathaniel Dale, and I look at it, and I'm just really super interested, and we already mentioned Andre Yoshivas. 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 Either or. They know yeah. who we're talking about. Yeah. I, I'm just so interested and excited to watch him, but I already have my draft crush, and my draft crush crush was mentioned on uh, stackingtheinbox.substack.com, and that is Rashi Rice, and I want to see him. I want him to be asked to run more routes. I want to see the route tree. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to see what he does in that short area in the end zone when they run those, you know, little quick slants and all that kind of stuff. I am so interested to watch these wide receivers and the Titans need possibly two rookie wide receivers. They need three wide receivers. Let's, let's be very clear. They need to bring at least three wide receivers. And I'm not saying three rookies. If that's two free agents, one rookie, if that's two rookies, one free agent, they got to get some speed in here. And I think all of these guys, when you're looking at it, even Nathaniel Dale is, is an interesting prospect tank, but you got so many people that, you are going to be able to. One of these wide receivers is going to be a Tennessee type. I, I'm write it down. Book I'm it. confident in that as well. Uh, what is it about Rashi Rice's game that you like so much? Well, I like that he's able to do contested catches. I, I think he has a high football IQ, and I know Titans fans hate hearing this, but he's a nasty ass run blocker. And I know that you guys don't think that's important, but that is important for every team. Yeah. Unless you're Tyree Kill or someone like that, that is just explosive, an elite explosive athlete that is so rare, every wide receiver has to block in the NFL. Yeah. It depends on how much you have to spend time teaching them how to block. And now with someone like Rashi Rice, you don't have to teach him how to block. Contested catch is very good. I think he is yards after the catch. You know, yak he's monster. a big yak monster. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of, he's not as big or stocky as A.J. Brown, I guess you'd say. Right. But he's a big, imposing specimen in and of itself. He's fast, he's tall, and that's what the Titans need. Well, and, and I told you on the on the ride down here, like from a play style perspective, I see a lot of Traylon Burks in his game. Some notes that I had that um, I had what you said and adding to that, um, I wrote down, bless your heart, if you're the first guy to try and tackle him. Yeah. I mean, he's an ankle breaker. Uh, on that first cut, making that first guy miss in the open field and navigating traffic, uh, a ton of fun to watch. But he's also he's a uh, he's a glider. 
He strides like yeah. a gazelle when he gets into the open field. And he seems to be, he seems to have this knack for just hanging in the air on those contested catch situations. It's like, if you want to time the jump with Rashi Rice, you better jump like five seconds before he even leaves the ground because he's still going to be in the air. Kind yeah. Of deal. Um, the thing that concerns me, there were a couple of times watching his um, tape that I felt like I kept waiting for him to kick it into another gear. And we're talking, you know, 40 yards down, down the field, uh, wide open, nobody in front of him. I kept wanting him to really take that next step from an acceleration standpoint and really just put defensive backs in the dirt. I think there were times in American conference games that he was run down a little too easily from behind. So I want to see that long speed improve, see how that stacks up in a, um, in a setting like this down here in the senior bowl. Yeah. And he'll get plenty of chances to hopefully, sure. mm -hmm. hopefully show that, you know, that isn't an issue for him because at this point of the game in the game, long speed matters that, that yeah. long mm -hmm. distance speed, because if you're right, you, we saw it with Derrick Henry, right? After his injury, Derrick Henry kept getting caught from behind, behind, behind when he normally, he would, he yeah. had that second gear. Mm -hmm. That second gear seems to be stalling at the moment. And Rashi Rice needs to find that second gear down the field. I fully agree with you. But to your point, talking about the Titans just needing guys that can separate when at the line of scrimmage, as I've called it, I think I spammed your comments with it. They need dudes that can win from the first step. Mm -hmm. And Rashi Rice in tight quarters like that is a guy that can win from the first step. It, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. They have this short, they're not really now, I will say this. I think Debo does have the second gear, but Brandon Ayuk doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think they, but though this team needs people who can actually start separating. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans wide receivers were one of the worst separating group of wide receivers probably now two years in a row. They were in 2021. If they aren't in 2022, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, And the, you need short area quickness, short area explosion out of uh, your athletes. And I think that, Rashi Rice has that. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, we already talked about Andre, so we won't have to get into him. And I, I do want to see Xavier Hutchinson Man, he's my guy. from all different spots. He's yeah. lined up everywhere, mm -hmm. and I think that it'll be interesting to see how they move him around and how he responds to – because he's played against pretty good competition. He has, yeah. Um, so I, I think people are seeing – that Iowa State didn't really use him in a myriad of ways, and they're equating that to he's not a good route runner. And I think that is erroneous of people to do because if you actually watch him run routes, man, he has a knack for finding soft spots in zone coverage and really hammering it. And he's a lengthy, tall receiver, absolutely fearless in contested catch situations. I know one of the criticisms of him is that he doesn't have that elite downfield speed so people equate that to he's not a deep threat but i think getting that mixed up with what you you watch him and yes contested catches are are his sort of specialty body control acrobatic freak catches stuff like that but what makes him a deep threat is not the pure speed that everybody always equates being a deep threat to but it's the fact that he has such strong hands and he wins those contested catches that if he can get one-on-one -on -one and carry a defensive back down the field with him, he's got a good good shot at winning that, that matchup. And that's, to me, what makes him a deep threat. I honestly look at him, and I'm not comparing him to T. Higgins, but I could see an NFL offense 
utilizing him similarly to how the Bengals utilized T Higgins. Yeah, that would be huge for this Tennessee Titans yeah. team because they obviously also like, you know, they trust Traylon Burks enough to throw those you know, contested catches as well. And I believe it was Xavier Hutchison who said something along the lines of it's not a 50-50 ball for me. Yeah. So to mm-hmm. me, that's like pretty huge. And there's a guy on the other side of the field on the national team that I want to hit on real quick. And okay. that is that is someone that we both kind of have tabbed as that boom or bust kind of prospect. Yeah. And we both think that he's kind of going to bust at the wide receiver position. That's Trey Palmer from Nebraska. Yeah, for sure. And did tell tell the people why you think that Trey Palmer has high bust potential. Well, I think if you watch Trey Palmer, uh, there is a lot to iron out from a refinement standpoint, from a nuance standpoint in playing the wide receiver position. I think he played in an offense that quite frankly allowed him to just go out there, utilize his speed to play backyard ball. And to me, he kind of looks like somebody that is really going to need to be reined in. Uh, There's a long way to go for him for a refinement standpoint. If he ends up in a situation where a coach can, can tap into that and get him up to speed on the the nuance of of playing wide receiver in the NFL, he might have a shot because of his speed. I think he has elite traits, but he is one guy that when we talk about seeing how guys respond to coaching this week at the Senior Bowl, he's a guy that I am really excited to watch because I, I think he could he has the speed to be a weapon, but there's not a lot on tape, quite frankly, that would indicate production at the NFL. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I, I agree with you. It's just like. Oh, he's just a Nebraska wide receiver. Like that's and, and yeah. that's the only really way to put it is like he's just a guy. And I know a lot of people are high on him, but his contested catches are pretty low. So yeah, to me it's like I'm looking at it and I'm thinking if you can't make contested catches and you're having issues because Quentin Johnston has issues with that. Yeah, and so does uh, Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. stuff does matter to translate into the NFL making contested catches because guess what. Yeah. If you're having problems making contested catches against, you know, NCAA corners, you're going to have problems with that against NFL level corners. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a, a position that people don't really think is a position of need for this team, but there's one guy that we are just so freaking stoked about. Yeah, absolutely. And I wrote about it stack in the inbox.substack.com. You've talked about it on your Twitter. I have to say, I am hype to watch Ty J Spears. I'm I'm with you, man. And listen, the thing is, we heard Mike Vrabel a few weeks ago talk about how this team just needs to get faster. Didn't say we need to get fast receivers or we need to get fast tight ends or anything like that. He just said we need to get faster. What's one way to get faster? Add somebody to the backfield that is going to have the burst and acceleration to become an electric factory in the NFL. I think Ty J Spears is that running back. Well, I, I liken that you could put him back a kick returner, try him out, yeah, and sure. you may have Jamal Agnew. And mm-hmm. But at the worst-case scenario, you have found Tony Pollard's or uh, Derek Henry's Tony Pollard. I, that is such an apt comparison to me. As soon as you wrote that, the light bulb went off in my head. I was like, man, this is that's exactly what this offense could be with those two in the backfield. And and he can go in between the tackles. He has a yeah. good elusive elusiveness to him, and he can get down, get low. And you may be thinking, hey, well, we have Dontrell Hilliard. Yeah, but l- when you can upgrade positions that are important to a team that is a run run first team yeah. mm-hmm. that wants to run the ball, and you look at how San Francisco targeted running backs. 
Tanji Spears is probably an upgrade over Dontrell Hilliard. You know, you got to prove it, but he's probably an upgrade. I, I would agree with that. And yeah. then. And then if you look at Hassan Haskins, if you want to get faster, Hassan Haskins is not your guy. That's not the no. guy you keep on the field. And uh, I I am not like totally out on Hassan Haskins, but you guys have to understand when you say, well, I can't believe we'd spend another draft pick on a running back for the second time in a row. I can't believe we'd be drafting another tackle or another offensive lineman. This is a reset. Yeah, What happened in the past with John Robinson and his draft picks does not matter anymore for Rand Carthon's decisions. Those do not factor into the decisions that he makes. He's not looking at the roster and going, oh, well, John Robinson drafted Hassan Haskins last year. I can't draft a running back that yeah. I really like. And I'm not saying that Tajay Spears is that guy, but there's a good chance in a loaded running back class that this team is going to walk away with a running back. And you're going to be like, what? Why? It's because he's not married to any of these players. Rand Carthon is not tied down to any of the players that that have contracts that you can get out of or have really low contracts in their rookies. You know, Kyle Phillips is another guy he's not tied to. Kyle Phillips has a lot to prove. Racy McMath and the NWI, you know, you go down the list. He's not tied to anybody. So there's a good chance that you're going to see duplicate picks from last year in this year's draft, and I think that you're going to see that linebacker I think you're going to see that cornerback, and I think you're going to see that running back. You know what that probably means, though? That the Titans need to trade down or trade away some people for some draft picks because, yeah, at the or solve a lot of your issues in free agency. But I think when you look at Ty J. Spears, you're looking at someone that you can manufacture touches for. I think a lot of people are probably going to liken him to Tavon Austin. I don't agree with that. I don't either. I, and I think that you're looking at a guy that. When he got used in the passing game, which was very little, he was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and he's got really soft hands. He's a very natural catcher of the ball. I, I think Tulane used him a lot on wheel routes and on screens and stuff like that. It's not like they had him out there running, you know, uh, all kinds of routes on the route tree or anything like that. But I thought one good particular play stood out to me was against Houston when I, I tried to diagram this for you on the drive down when they line Tajay Spears out wide right damn near the sideline and then they send somebody from across the formation to cross under him he goes into the end zone and you create conflict in the defensive back the uh, the DB bites on the crosser comes up to cover that guy Spears gets right by him catches a touchdown and it's a it's a very fluid easy catch and to me I watch plays like that and I think okay so you're saying he's not a good route runner, but look at the tape. When they asked him to run routes, he was there. He caught balls. He scored touchdowns. Like you said, a guy that you manufacture touches for. And and, and he's no slouch. Like no. He's a guy that has broken a lot of tackles for a guy's size. Listen, he, he needs to add probably 10 pounds, I would yeah. say. He's 195, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, He's 5'10", so he's a little bit short. You put 10 pounds on him, and you got a guy that you thought was going to be Deion Lewis sure. was going to be right. For sure. Yeah. Or you, a guy when you brought in, you know, other pass catching running backs, this is the guy like when you brought in Dexter McCluster, this is a guy that needs to be on your radar. And let me say something. He was at the beginning of the year uh, projected as a sixth round pick. He's already moved up to like the fourth, third round range. I think this guy's going to go in the second round. I think he could be the second or third running back off the board behind Bijan Robinson when it's all said and done. Cause I yeah. as, as long as knock on wood, he doesn't get injured, knock on wood, then his testing should be out of this world. Good. 
And I'm I'm telling you right now, they're probably going to be asking him to catch a lot of passes, not only at the at the senior, but probably at the combine, at his pro days, at you know workouts. I'm telling you right now, this is a guy, and I told people about this about Tony Pollard, and nobody believed me. When the Cowboys drafted <laughs> Tony Pollard, I said he will eventually be starting. It didn't take uh, one year went by before Cowboys fans were saying, please give the ball more to Tony Pollard. Yeah. I think Spears is also being underrated for his physicality mm. because I mean he's got great patience and vision. The the way that he kind of you know looked out to where to go before making up his his mind where to go, um, and then having the speed to really plant his foot in the dirt and go, um, not shy away from contact. I think he's physical, navigating traffic, and then man, pop on the cotton bowl tape. This is a guy that when the competition got better. USC got after him, but the man had 205 yards and four touchdowns in that game, and he showed an unwillingness to back down from the challenge. So you think an upgrade in talent, they got him in the backfield, and he still shook him, and he has a 67-yard touchdown run in that game. Go back and watch the Cotton Bowl uh, highlights, if anything else, just to, to catch what Spears did uh, in the in the brightest moment of his career, yeah. I would imagine, anyway. Yeah. Fully agree. Uh, we'll switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, okay. I don't want to waste too minute, much time on the linebackers, but there is a guy that I want everybody to be aware of, and he was a big factor in TCU in their bowl games, mm -hmm. and that was uh, D. Winters, who is a converted safety who can, who's been at inside linebacker now, and he can go at nickel, at safety, at linebacker. He's multiple. He's versatile. And he's pretty damn good. And I think his biggest strength lies in the fact that because he's a converted safety, that he's really good against tight ends and in pass coverage. And that has been one of the, even with David Long, it still has been one of the bugaboos of this team since Jayon Brown got injured is finding yeah. that coverage linebacker and finding that guy that can cover tight ends like Evan Ingram. And D. Winters, who is probably going to be in the third or fourth round, is a guy that should be on your radar if you're looking to get better in that regard. He's 6'1", so I think he'd be taller than both of the other linebackers in David Long and in Monty Rice. And he's he's fast. He's, he's smart. He's got good high football IQ. I would say his biggest drawback is while he do, can read a run blitz very well, he does tend to get washed out a little bit in the run game. Mm. But in the in the end, that's why you have Monty Rice. That's why you have a David Long like that. Even though David Long kind of played a little bit of both, David Long's strong suit is attacking downhill. And he had ended up with 7.5 sacks himself from the linebacker position D. Winters did. So that's another guy you can send on a blitz and use his coverage, uh, disguise some coverages. Yeah, I uh, I think Henry Tooto is considered the class of of this group of linebackers, but I I think I mean high floor guy, yeah, but but kind of a low ceiling. I know he's an instinctual player, he's a physical football player. Um, I kind of want to see him beat out blocks a little bit more. I'm kind of worried about that at the next level, but I think uh, a lot of people kind of consider him the, the class of this group. Uh, everybody else, man, um, to, to have sit here and said like, Oh, the Titans need a linebacker. I haven't watched yet. That's one of the position groups that I'm here to learn about this week. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see because obviously you have Clinton McMillan teaching them. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, former def- or current defensive line assistant uh, coach for the Tennessee Titans. So that's going to be interesting to see what he's able to do with some of these players. Uh, he's on the American team as well. And then I look at the defensive backs. Yeah. And this whole class, this defensive back class, is rangy. It's tall. It's physical. It's got a, it's got a, it's probably the deepest class out of all the position groups. I think I want to say maybe it or running back are probably the deepest high quality starters everywhere. And there's Julius Brent, who's about six, three, six, four. And if you've been listening to a football show the last few weeks, you've been reading stacking the inbox.substack.com, or you've been listening to football and other F words is that this team, outside of Caleb Farley, has no cornerbacks currently on the roster taller than 5'11". Oof. That's not good. (laughs) And and Chris Harris, as long as he doesn't get a defensive coordinator position, who is a secondary coach, if Chris Harris gets his way, he's getting a big, tall, rangy corner, whether it's in free agency in the draft. And I think that Julius Prince, who more often than not has won reps against Quentin Johnston on a regular basis. He's only allowed a 48.6 or 48.7 passer rating by NFL standards. I mean, you're talking about a guy that is a killer. He is, he's so good. I'm so anxious to see Julius Brents matched up with some of these wide receivers in the, in, uh, cause I feel like if you're going to try and manhandle Julius Brents, good luck. He's going to be winning some reps this week. We talked about edge rusher being a quiet need of this team, too. And I mean, especially if they get rid of Bud Dupree and you still have question marks about Harold Landry coming back. Uh, Andre the and Andre Carter, the second out of Army is a guy that's going to be down here this week that I'm really excited to see how uh, he's able to refine his technique, because right now, man, he he seems like it seems like breaking a wild horse with him, like he has all of the physical tools in the world and needs to develop that polish and that technique to beat more savvy and powerful offensive linemen in the NFL. But he's a guy that if he is receptive to that coaching, if it sticks with him and he improves in that regard, he's already considered a fringe first rounder. Uh, I could see him going pretty high in this draft. I don't think the Titans would take him at 11. That's not what I'm saying. But like there in the second round, like I wouldn't be surprised for them to go with uh, an explosive uh, speedy, traitsy kind of pass rusher. Well, before we talk about the Titans, I probably need to touch because we got to we we knew that this was going to go uh, easy an hour. But I got to thank oh our sponsors. Gosh. I got to thank Lions Ford. Yes, okay? absolutely. Got to thank them. I got to thank you know the pharmacy and the Kingston Group for sponsoring the show. But special thanks to Lions Ford for uh, paving the way for us to get down here, being able to get us this Mardi Gras manner providing us a vehicle to get down here. Mm-hmm. It's been, it was great enjoying. We enjoyed the ride. We got to go to Bucky's. It was awesome. Yeah. Pharmacy, no better burger in Nashville than over at Pharmacy. Over you got I got two locations. I think they just opened up a third location in the airport. So, wow. good for them. And then also the Kingston Group, buildkg.com for all your home remodeling needs. We'll hit you guys back up in a, just a second. But I want to talk about why I'm keeping a close eye on the Titans staff. And we have someone in the comments that had asked if who's our best guess for OC. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have a best guess. And think if I was putting money, I would say maybe Charles London. Uh, 
I think they really want Matt Nagy. I don't know what's going to happen there because if Eric Bieniemy takes the job, wouldn't you think Matt Nagy stays in Kansas City as their offensive coordinator? So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. We don't even know who they maybe talked to out of the staffs that just uh, finished up the championship game. But I will say this, in that, and I go back to Charles London. I'm looking at a few things with this staff, and one of them is: Did Tim Kelly make the trip? Ooh. Because if there's a other staff position coaches there and Tim Kelly is not there, then wouldn't you think that if he was going to be the front runner for the offensive coordinator position, he should be there? I would agree. Absolutely. I think it would be very telling if he was absent. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I'd like to see if he's there. Because if he's not there, then obviously they are kind of out on him as offensive coordinator. Maybe yeah. not obviously, but I think that's a logical conclusion to draw. It makes sense. Yeah. It's founded at the very least. I think the other thing is I'm looking forward to seeing their interaction with Charles London. We talked about Charles London just a few minutes ago, but we opened up the show talking about coaches that are getting the chance that are position coaches to be coordinators. And Charles London has been interviewed by the Rams for their offensive coordinator position last year. He's been interviewed by the Dolphins for their offensive coordinator position last year. And he's being interviewed this year by the Titans. What's the interaction like? Because it, more than likely, the interviews already happened. We haven't got any confirmation it has, but if it has, what's their interaction like when they're down there? Because Charles yeah. London is getting a first, a front row view of the American team, a front row view of a lot of our favorite prospects on offense right there. He's coaching them up. Is this an audition all week yeah. for Charles London and the, the, the Titans walk away? Maybe he wasn't. Uh, really high on their list and maybe they were willing to wait out until after the Super Bowl but maybe they get down here and they watch Charles London work and they're like man this is the this is the guy I I like Charles London because he has a lot of experience in different styles of offense uh you pointed out that he tried to better his position in the coaching world by uh, learning more about the quarterback position and becoming a quarterback's coach I my if you want to put your tinfoil hat on for a moment, my conspiracy theory to you on the way down here was what if that's the reason that the Titans haven't announced an offensive coordinator hire just yet is because they want to get a look at Charles London in that capacity, which is what he's going to be doing down here in Mobile. And I think you're you're looking to see how do players respond to him, right? Because that's one thing we can look at the work he's done, the places he's been, the people he's worked alongside, and it give us, gives us a sense of his style, but nothing answers the question of how do players respond to him until you see players respond to him. And I think that's one thing that we're going to get um, a takeaway from this week is how the players respond to Charles London. And I can't help but wonder, Mike Vrabel is going to be down here looking at that the whole time. Yeah, it would make sense to. I mean, you have a front row view of your a glimpse into the future, if you will. Yeah. Of, of Okay, I'm down here. We're kind of on the fence about Charles London. If he's not very good, then you're like, oh, man, we dodged a bullet with that one. Yeah. If he's really good, you're like, okay, we got to circle back around Charles London. Mm -hmm. I think it's a perfect opportunity, and I think that's I think you are onto something a little bit that that's probably why they're kind of slow playing it. But if you really think about it, a lot of teams have been slow playing it. Uh, well, that's true. Outside too. of the outside yeah. of when Kellen Moore got fired and the Chargers immediately hired him, there's still a lot of open spots for these teams. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, I think it's almost like everybody's in a waiting game. Yeah. What is the domino to fall? Is Eric Bieniemy the domino to fall? Because if he gets an offensive coordinator position or head coaching job, that takes Matt Nagy off the board, and he's off the board. And maybe uh, Zach Robinson and Thomas Brown go back and go places like. There's a lot of flux out there. It's not just Titans fans that are anxiously waiting 
for a team to sign an offensive coordinator. It's everyone. I think something that I'm also going to be watching for is maybe what if they've hired an offensive line coach and they haven't told anybody? What if mm. Justin Otten walks in with the Titans hat? Well, you better have your camera ready. Oh, I'll be having my camera ready. I'll be, listen, I got brought two lenses. And so I am going to be on the hunt for some conspiracy theories and, and stuff like that. That probably really doesn't matter. But I'm it's to see what uh, old Luke Steckel, where he's at. I'm mm-hmm. interested to see if Chris Harris shows up. Yeah. Like Chris Harris, we we kind of are kind of in the wind of whether he's the actual coach or not. If he's out there down there in the tight set hanging out with Mike Rabel and them, then that's a good sign. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking at is – you know, we talked about where the coaching staff maybe is positioned or position drills. Maybe we'll keep a little tally of today they were with this group and here's who was with this group. Yeah. Maybe that's more important to you, keep a keep a tab with. You mean journalism. Journalism. And then we can uh, do that. you know, they hang out in the stands, right? At some point, you know, do some watching from the stands, you know, maybe they we'll just around. zoom in a little bit at the stands and stuff. I, I, I'll say this keep your head on a swivel. Keep yeah. your head on a swivel. You never know who you're going to run into down here in Mobile. Yeah. I don't know if I even told you this, but I ran into a bunch of Falcon scouts last year just going out for breakfast. Sat down at a table right next to a bunch of people in Falcons gear, and I hear them talking about, yeah, so-and-so is going to be out there today, and this is who I'm assigned, and all that stuff. It was pretty cool. I like it. Mobile, Alabama, the first week of February. You can't. We we still don't know why they've chosen Mobile year after year. We never figured that out. Probably could have easily Googled it. Yeah, we just haven't had time to Google it yet because we were setting up this studio at the Mardi Gras Manor that was that was provided for us again by Lions Ford. Go to lionsford.net. Go down to Lewisburg. Get you a good deal on a Ford vehicle. They are there for you. They are a a hometown dealership. Like they are not yes. pressured. Listen, you go down there on a, on any day during the week and the weather is warm. They're wearing shorts and tennis shoes. They're not wearing suits and ties. Heck, my dad, I don't even know if they make a tie big enough for his neck. I already feel less pressure. Yeah. Just you saying that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very low pressure situation. They just want to get you into the car that you want to get into. They're not going to make you jump through all these hoops. They're going to get you the best interest rates, the best rebates. All the rebates, the best deals, every discount you qualify for, and they're going to give you the most money for your car, so for your trade-in. So head down to lionsford.net and head down to Lewisburg and get you a great deal today. And then we can't forget the pharmacy and the Kingston Group. The pharmacy, oh my gosh, the burgers. I'm just, I'm. we haven't eaten in a while. No. You are kind of looking like a burger to me right now. Yeah. Um, I am, I'm starving. We're gonna head. We're gonna head out of here. We're gonna go get some food. But guess what? It's not gonna be as good as the pharmacy. We're gonna. I'm be already dreading. Yeah, yeah. It's, it literally, that's probably mm-hmm. what I'll be thinking about yeah. now is the pharmacy. So hey, do us a favor. You guys go to the pharmacy this week and have a burger. Take a picture, send it to us, and let us know that you went. And then also buildkg.com, the Kingston Group, home remodeling on another level. So are are we signing off here? Yeah. Is that what you're getting through? So, oh, man. Oh, sorry. I, what do we? Well, no, I was hoping to talk for, for 20 minutes incessantly about Puka Nakua. You know, oh, well, yeah. No, I, I, I am not familiar with Pupu Nakoko. <laughs> Undrafted guy, hidden gem in this draft. Okay. I, was, I was just kidding. We'll get on oh. out of here. Well, listen, stacking the inbox.substack.com. Turn on notifications for at Efforts Pod on Twitter. Turn on notifications for at Stony Keeley and at Sobros Network. Head to SobrosNetwork.com. Head to stackintheinbox.substack.com. Turn on notifications for 440 Sports. Turn on notifications for 
the YouTube channel, because you never know where we're going to pop up, when we're going to pop up. So you have to subscribe. You have to turn on notifications because we're going to have very little warning sometimes that we're just going to go out there and we're going to give you the best information we can. We're going to give you some scoops. You got to, we got our cameras with us. We got microphones with us out, out there. We are going to be prepared for you guys. Yeah. We weren't even here five minutes and somebody asked if I was with the Titans because I was wearing yeah. this hat. So you're wearing the Titans hat. We may, we may go undercover as Titan staffers, see if we can, we're gonna how try, far we can get. Yeah. We're going to try and convince Mike Vrabel that we are scouts with the Titans. Yeah. That just goes to show you, man, you, you have to keep your head on a swivel down here, even going to pick our credentials up. We run into people that are already asking to uh, to talk to us and yeah. you're having those conversations and you're meeting people. It's a great environment. It's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. This feels like a veritable football holiday. To yeah. Me. Well, hey, for Stoney Keeley, I'm Zach Lyons, and that was a football show.